We all crave connection. At our core, we all want to feel loved and understood. Hi, I'm Nikhami, entrepreneur, founder, and CEO of my very own beauty brand, Carmela Cosmetics, and business consultant. This is We Are Women, Beauty Redefined, a podcast where women speak their truth and celebrate their victories. This podcast features different women whose names you probably recognize. You've seen them, been following them, and might even think that they've always had it together. Listen in to hear the women you know and love share their journeys with self-acceptance and self-love, discovering their unique beauty and confidence in a society that for so long has focused on exemplifying a specific beauty standard. It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of red and get comfortable. Every night is ladies' night and we are women. Beauty Redefined. I am so excited for this podcast episode featuring singer and performer Bracha Jaffe, who shares her journey of how she became the international singer she is today in the Orthodox Jewish women's world. She shares how getting rejected from a choir as a child helped her career today and how she got started as a singer. Bracha talks about why she initially chose nursing as her career path and why she recently decided to take time off and focus on her singing career and being a mom. I asked Bracha to talk about where her super warm and loving greeting for others come from. So Bracha shares a very powerful lesson on why she makes sure to make everyone who comes into contact with her feel loved and valued. We discussed the connection between her work as a nurse and as a singer, how they're interrelated, and the power of music as a connecting tool. We talk about the idea of us being shells and souls. Bracha gets deep and real and talks about how she's working on shedding guilt as a working mom, her view on overwhelm, and how she finds things to be grateful for during those hectic times. I am so excited for you to listen to this episode. Bracha really gets vulnerable and shares a deep part of her soul with us in this episode. So listen in and be inspired. Okay, so young Bracha was... I would say very similar to Bracha now, very active, very busy. Like I was a busy body. Like I, I took a lot of extracurriculars and I always wanted to like spearhead projects and run different things and color work captain-y type of person, like the camp, the camper of the year kind of person. Like, um, I was just very jumpy and eager and I was actually like tested for ADD twice in elementary school because I just was I was like a hyper kid and I wasn't so academic at all. That academia part of me came later. I had a hard time in elementary school and high school to be academic. I was, my head was wrapped up in a lot of other things, a lot of just like arts and projects and just, you know, I always had another idea that I wanted to do. And a lot of times I carried them out. I was just, I was, I was on my toes all the time. I love that. So what, you know, made you decide to go into the singing career because, and I should actually ask you, we could skip a little bit, but you also, you're a nurse. So you really have two things going on. So what? Nursing came later actually after the singing started. Oh, okay. So tell me about that. So I, I feel like as young, as kids, like we always gravitate towards something that we like doing, you know, some kids like to draw and some people like to, you know, dance. And I loved music so my parents started with me with an instrument I started playing piano and I actually had a piano teacher so funny that I'm like bringing this up I don't think I brought her up in a while 
uh, Mrs. Bauer. And I had a hard time practicing piano because I wasn't like a diligent kid. I was an active kid. I wanted to do things and be like good at a lot of things, but I wasn't diligent at getting myself like to practice and to stay like, you know, focused on one thing. And she realized that the way I practiced piano better was when I could sing along. So she would, I would work on songs that I could sing. Um, every year I played like another Disney song or something that was like by our recital. And that's what we would do. Um, I remember one year I did Beauty and the Beast and I was a young kid, but that's what I started with. Um, and then later on, I just started auditioning for, there were children's choirs at the time, um, two very big ones in my community. I auditioned for one, I didn't get into it. And then I auditioned for a second one and I got in. And that's where it really like started, where I really felt like I had a platform to use my voice and to sing. And I was playing piano all the time. All I never dropped piano until this day. I'm always playing. Um, I don't perform classically, but I accompany my singing um, when I play. And um, yeah, I would say that like from a young age, my family is a musical family. So okay. like, the music was always just part of me. Right. That makes sense. I just want to say something. And I think we did speak about this a while ago, but I used to listen to you. I don't know. It was you, but you were, I used to listen to that choir as it was Mark Ginniger's choir, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as a kid, I used to listen I was to in, it. Um, yeah. I remember like at that time we recorded on a cassette. Right. We went recording with like basement and the way we recorded, it was like very old school and literally on cassettes. And my first album that I was part of was a, was a cassette when I was like 12 or 13. Those were great songs and the harmonies. I still remember. Yeah. It was a really good choir. Like it was, we, we performed on a big stage once a year. Um, It was like the highlight women's event of the year. And like, you know, for the all women's population and it was just an honor and a privilege to be part of it. It was so exciting. I used to look at like the headliners, like in awe, like I was like, oh my gosh, that's like they were superstars to me. Like Monkey, right. <laughs> Monkey was a rock star to me, um, and it almost it seemed untouchable because it was very uncommon and unique. And but I definitely like wanted that. Like I was I was the girl who basked in her light and then wanted to like just follow it, you know. And you did. So I think that till this day, Malky is someone who everyone has very positive memories of because she really was instrumental in starting this like community of, of religious female singers in the Orthodox Jewish world. Um, till today, she still performs. She has not like continued with the times of like going on social media. So that kind of relevance, she sort of decided to separate herself from, but she still is teaching. She still is running choirs. She still performs within her community. And um, I think in that way, she's still relevant in a lot of like um, ultra Orthodox circles. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I personally would love to hear her sing. Like if there was a concert, I would totally go. She's, I, I, she's a prodigy. She's magnificently talented. It's like her composing and playing and vocal capabilities are above and beyond. Like I would say like no other, I don't think there's anyone that has her level of talent in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. a beautiful, beautiful voice and ta yeah. And talent. Um, it's so funny. I was just, cause you mentioned that you didn't get into the other choir. Have you ever thought of, you know, going back to the person in charge of being like, you know who you missed out on having, like Bravo Jaffe? She's like a huge singer now. 
you know what's funny like I remember when I auditioned I wanted so badly to get into this choir and they made me sing like nine or ten songs and I and then I didn't get in and um you know what I think it's it was like it, it's okay you know we all have to work hard to get to where we want to and it's, it's I think um I wouldn't call it failure but like um not like but I guess a form of what you would say is failure to achieve some of your goals or stepping stones along the path is just helps you um learn um learn how to like maybe mold yourself a little differently figure out what's going to work better for you at the end of the day like God had a plan and I was like really supposed to be in Maki's choir um it was unique it was small we were only we were like 25 girls and um and so we had so much more of a spotlight and she was able to focus us on focus on us individually I was mm. Like I got to know her so well. She got to know me so well. I was one of her first students. Like um, I wouldn't have had that in a choir of 90 kids. I would have been one, right. you know? For sure. For sure. Yeah. So when we were speaking earlier, you mentioned that you're more of an introvert. So how did that affect or did it even affect um, you as a performer? I think people who would know me like would laugh that I say I'm an introvert. I I think that it's my own like internal feelings, the feeling of like I never present myself as an introvert, but in I feel like there's a lot that I that I have inside of me that I'm just not. I wouldn't say so. I guess at face value, nobody would ever say I'm an introvert. Like I um I have good I guess communication skills in terms of like I'm a good conversationalist. Um. I'm good at like pitching a sales point in terms of like <sighs> what my brand is or what my music is. Um, but like what Bracha's feeling inside or what's going on, like beyond like the surface. Um, I'm not, some people would be very open about what's going on with them or how they, I'm not at all. Like it takes time to like peel some layers or get rid of some, I wouldn't say masks, but like, just you know layers like I'm just I'm not I'm I'm great at like having a conversation like we're gonna have a podcast I don't like we're on this podcast where I'm speaking to you Nahami where I, I I'm I'm I would say I'm okay with this stuff you know it's more of the what's beyond the surface that like I'm not so um open about necessarily right I mean this is one-on-one so for right. introverts it's easier anyway Right. No, but like, even like in a big social setting, I'll be like, okay, Bracha, now you're going to social setting. We are going to be Bracha Jaffe. We are going to be um, <laughs> communicative. We are going to be social. We're going to greet everyone with a smile. Like that's right. like what I'm telling like myself inside the different, like my, the different personalities inside. And I'm like, okay, nobody has to know like all the layers that are going on, what you're feeling, what you experienced in the last hour or two hours or three hours. And I think that that's what we all sort of have like you know, social norms, like figure out how to develop. Some people are just more forthcoming about certain things. And I would say that like, there are um, like a small number of people who, who get like the full experience. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. No, you mentioned earlier, and I I would love for you to, you know, repeat it now when we were talking before, this is a great flow to to get into it. Um, Regarding greeting people, warmly with a smile because I mentioned to you how we had never met in person we knew of each other but we had never met in person and the way that you greeted me was so warm and with the you know warm hug and just I'm like I don't think I've ever experienced that from someone who I never actually met or spoke to like we spoke a little bit back and forth on Instagram but 
And when I asked you about it, I would love for you to repeat what you said here, because I thought that was so great. I think I said a few things, but one of the first things I think I said is that in general, um, a lot of times, and I, I would say I'm guilty of this too, is that you meet someone and um, you don't know who they are or or you do, and you sort of, you might be, ha- might, you might, something might be going on inside. You might have had like a hard interaction previously. You might be having a hard week or a hard day. Something's going on, um, or you're just like not in the mood. And so you don't greet that person warmly. You don't give a smile. You, um, you don't say hello. You walk past, you pretend you don't see someone. And that is received by the person on the other end as like, oh my gosh, what did I do something wrong? Do they not like me? Or why, why is she such a snob to me? And I just personally like don't want those experiences. I don't want to be responsible for those experiences. I want people to always feel like, you know, when we meet each other, there's like, there's, there's nothing like I, we've never, I've, I've, I've seen your face. I've heard of you. We've spoken once or twice before, like on the phone via text or whatever it was. I would never want Nechami to feel like Bracha doesn't like Nechami or Bracha doesn't like have positive feelings about Nechami. Like I want everyone to always feel like, you know, um, there's a saying and there's a saying actually in Hebrew that really like explicitly explains that like, there's like, um, a positive attribute of a person is someone who greets someone else with a smile and like a kind face. And I think that that's just something that I personally try to work on on myself, especially being in the position that I am that, um, that people do know my face and they recognize me and they, um, and they might hear my voice before. And I just want them to feel like, um, you know, I always, I really want everyone to feel loved. I feel like all this world needs is love. And so like the small things that we can do is just like, you know, greet someone with a smile, be kind to them, but try your hardest to like, you know, realize that whatever you're going through, you're going through the other person doesn't know what you're going through. Um, it's, we only can work on ourselves at the end of the day. Um, and so it's very easy to be like, you know, I don't care. I'm not feeling good or whatever it is, but that, that will, that, that will always have some sort of domino effect in this, in this world. Like, you know, the way you greet someone, they'll feel, they might get a negative feeling, then it will translate for them onto someone else. And all that is just, you know, the chain effect of the world. That's one, that's one perception. The other perception is, is that like, I've, I've had, I've been teaching for a very long time. I've performed in many different places. There are many faces that I've met and I don't always remember it if I did meet or did not meet someone and I never want them to feel like I forgot them. So I always say that also, like, I just don't want anyone to feel forgotten. So I just, I, I try my best to be as warm as I can, but with that being said, I'm not perfect. And I am a big space cadet. And a lot of times I will walk right past you and not realize I walk right past you. So don't be offended. I <laughs> really like, I, I, I don't think there's anyone in this world that I could say, I don't really like. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. You love people. You're just that type of person. I, I think that, um, we live in a colorful world and I love humanity. So I, that's always like, I like to say, I feel like we all have our positive like attributes is a reason why we're all here and we're unique and we should be unique and we should be special. And it's who we are that makes this world complete and special. For sure. Do you feel like your love for humanity is, is what enables you to connect on a deeper level with, with your audience and with people who listen to your music? I think in general, um, music helps you connect to people on a deeper level. One of the biggest ways to connect to another soul, another human is through music. 
because what happens with music is when you're when you when your body is when your brain is turned on to the music when you're listening to the music all of a sudden it's sort of think of a noise machine at night it helps you fall asleep why because it drowns out the other sounds in your head right or so when music is playing all of a sudden you hear the music and a lot of other things get drowned out and you and and all you do is you're singing and you're connecting to the person in front of you singing with you or who's dancing with you and you're just you're just you're you're all those like superficial layers whether you have long hair short hair blonde hair brown hair the color of your skin what you're wearing I don't care we're singing we're dancing we're having a great time and we're connecting to each other because we've allowed like that that buzz that musical buzz to sort of tune everything else out um so if only we can just walk around with like a soundtrack in life it sort of just like tunes out everything else. And like, maybe we could just like forget about like the the external parts of everyone's existence. Cause like at the end of the day, we were really, humanity was really created with just like a shell. And then it was like, you know, the sin of Adam and Eve that like, okay, we, all these things happen and evolve and we live in the world we live in. And um, we have to, you know, cover ourselves with clothing and everything else that we do. Um, so let's just go back to just like being shells and souls, like, and just connecting that way. And I think that music is one of the things that enables us to do so. Right, right, it's true. It's so interesting that you bring that up because part, so in the intro to the podcast, I always started off with saying, we all crave connection because at our core, we all just want to be loved and understood. And that's something that we we all have the same needs. Yes, exactly. Yeah, right. So yeah, yeah, exactly. We all just need to feel loved. So if like, we all just realize like, hey, like, Everyone just, yeah, validation, reassurance, love, acceptance, like, just, just forget about everything else, you know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's very needed, yeah. it's very hard done, but we have to, like, make the effort to do the small things that make a positive change. For sure, yeah. So let's, I want to go back to the nursing for a minute. Um, what made you decide to become a nurse? Um, okay. So when I was in high school, as I said, I wasn't so academic and I was in a school that was pretty academic actually. Um, and I went, we were, we would have, um, like, you know, um, pre-college meetings with principals and teachers, um, sort of just to figure out like what we were going to do next. Like we had to start thinking of applications in in the beginning of 12th grade. So that we would start having these meetings in 11th grade. And I sat down with one of, my, one of my principals and he's like, okay, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I have no clue. Like, I don't know, maybe music therapy, but like, it wasn't even something that like, I was very musical in high school, but I didn't even want to like necessarily pursue like a degree in music. I was just like a musical person. And then um, he said to me, my principal said to me, um, you're, you're a very giving, loving person. And I think you would make a fantastic nurse. Um, and the second he said that to me, he, he was one of my teachers that really understood me, who I was as a human. And, um, I, I felt very understood by him. And so I, I, it clicked and I was like, okay, you're right. And that's it. Like from that day on, I was going to be a nurse. I went on, um, to finish 12th grade. I went to study a year abroad in Israel and then, um, right away, my, my, I knew I was going for nursing. I just had to find the right program. And so I started with my prerequisites and then got into Adelphi University and did my 
bachelor's in nursing from Adelphi University. Yeah, that's it. That's oh, wow. And I was always a nurse. And the second, I, I knew I was a nurse from the second I started school. I, there was never, I never, all of a sudden I became like a 4.0 GPA girl, which I never <laughs> studied in my life. It was, it was very, very weird. Like nursing came so easy to me. It was just, it's, it is, it's a, it's a school of thought nursing. It's not just like science and understanding how to treat people. It's literally the way you think in life, how you approach a situation, how you um, tackle a, a challenging, you know, moment or whatever it is, how you triage, you know, we talk about triage all the time. It's literally a school of thought. And I immediately like just fell into it. Like I, I, I just, it was natural to me. Wow. Yeah. Love that. I mean, it also goes with your personality, like you were saying before about loving people and being giving and, you know, connecting with all different types. So yeah. Caring for people holistically, mind, body, and soul, like not really like understanding that we're, we're one package and yeah, for sure. Everything's, connected. Everything's integrated. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So how do you balance being a singer and being a nurse? So at the moment, um, so for a very long time, I was juggling both, um, very long. And then recently, um, um, with all the blessings in my life, my music took off to a point where I am not balancing both careers and I had to decide, I had to make a choice because I do have a big family. Um, and so I had to make a choice, um, to my, like, it was a sacrifice already at this point that I was working, balancing two full-time careers and then I also had my children that needed their mother, which is another very full-time career. Um, and so I was like, I'm just going to continue right now. I think that this is a good opportunity for me to really pursue music. Um, and so I left nursing for a break right now. I don't know for how long. I don't want it to be for so long because I do have a passion for it and a love for it. I want to find a way that I could sort of integrate it into my musical life as well. But I'm not sure yet okay. um, how that will happen. So for now, I took a break from nursing. Got it. Okay. So I just, for you. I just like, this is very recent. Yeah. And, and how were you one of the first interviewers that I'm telling this to? <laughs> That's great. Um, such a random question, but when you were a nurse, right, you were working, I'm sure like you had some people from the community. So was that weird because they knew you or maybe they didn't know you as a singer and then they're coming to you as a nurse? That's when I started to realize that this is getting so weird. Um, in the last year of my nursing, I would every room I would walk into, they'd be like, "Are you the singer?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah." But I'm, right now, I'm just a nurse practitioner, <laughs> and it's very like it's a very intimate environment, taking care of someone. And then I'm also this like, I have this um, I have this public profile as well, outside of the medical environment. It was it was becoming a little bit fu funny for me. I felt a little bit. I don't know how the patients felt about it, but I felt like it was crossing maybe a boundary that I wasn't necessarily so comfortable with um, all the time. I also was servicing a community similar to my community. Um, whereas like, I'm like, okay, maybe in the future, if I'm going to take another nursing job, I won't service like the Orthodox community. Mm -hmm. the Orthodox. Yeah. Right. That must be so weird. Cause it's like such different personas and yeah. Yeah. And as a nurse practitioner, I'm like, really just like, I'm so separated. It's like, I compartmentalize it. I'm so separated from my music career when I'm working as a nurse. Like it's, I'm taking care of your, 
your health, your well-being, empowering you for education to understand how to care for yourself. Like I, I'm not a singer. Um, even though I do see them connected, com- very much connected, but like, but professionally, they were very separate for me from a professional right. standpoint. So not from a spiritual standpoint or <laughs> standpoint. I think energetically and spiritually, they're very similar in many ways for me. But from a professional standpoint, they were very separated. So I was able to separate, but then every time I'd walk into a room and someone would be like, oh my gosh, are you the singer? I used to be like, yeah, <laughs> I am. But like, let's just work. Let's just, let's talk about your health now. Cause then it would become like, well, how do you do everything? And I'm like, I, I, we're, we're, this is, we're not going to interview my, my, like my, 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 my personal balance in life. But I, I was servicing the, like the community that listens, primarily listens to my music. So it was just, yeah, that's the word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did, did you find that they would ask you for questions like an interview or did you find that it was more like fangirling? Both. I would get both. I would get both. And then I would get also, um, awkwardly, I would get some people like I was in your office today. I was embarrassed to tell you, but it was so nice to meet you. And then I'd be like, wow, I don't know. This feels a little bit like crossing some sort of like like it just didn't, boundary, feel, yeah. it didn't feel right to me a hundred percent. So I just, yeah. It's so interesting. Cause this is, I feel like our community is the only community that this would happen in because someone on like on your level in the secular community is just a singer. Yeah, I know they wouldn't be doing it. No, I, <laughs> I just think of like any, like, yeah, no, they would not be doing that. It was, it's very, very, it was, a, it was a very, it's very different kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Wow. Okay. So interesting. So, so that makes more, it also, it, that makes a lot of sense why you decided to take a break. <laughs> um, but also, yeah, I mean, your singing career, you know, we live in us right now, this time period is so amazing that it's enabled women who could only sing for women to thrive in their careers. So it, it, that's fantastic that that's happening, you know, for you and for the others. Oh, crazy how the trajectory of what we were doing, like I've been singing for uh, 20 years professionally at this point, uh, over the last five years, I, I, it exploded to something that I never in my life imagined. Like, I, I don't, I don't like, I never in my life thought like, I'm saying I'm going to Australia in June. Wow. Like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm in LA next week. I was in London recently I was in St. Louis I'm going to LA I have Baltimore coming up Florida Australia it's crazy I don't even know how this I, I, I like I don't know how it how it, it's it's mind-blowing it's wonderful yeah wow yeah. so how do you okay so you just mentioned that you're flying all over and you're a full-time mom obviously and and a full-time singer so how do you how do you balance that career with motherhood like how do you establish boundaries I'm learning a great system of delegation um I told you recently I just hired like someone to help me um professionally manage like the influx of calls emails my my personal schedule um like really just find balance in my life because it was it was it was hard to manage it's it's very like artistic and flowy and things just sort of happen and so having a structured day because my kids need me to have a structured day because my house needs me to have a structured day. Um, and then, so that was, that's really, really, I'm finding that to be very helpful, like almost immediately seeing a massive change because of that. 
Um, I also do have someone at home that helps me with my kids when I'm here, when I'm at off hours for like an event or a project or something. Um, and then I have a very supportive spouse, which I, I think that that is a key thing that like whoever it is in your life, whether it's your parents or your partner, that they respect you and understand like what you're doing professionally and they're supportive of you. So my spouse is super supportive and my parents are super supportive. My in-laws have always been supportive. Um, and then delegation is key. For sure. And I also have an incredibly supportive group of friends. Like yeah. insanely supportive. Yeah. Not, not even in the music. People who are not like there, I have my music friends and people who see me on a, in a public platform. And then I have friends who are not out there in the public eye, but that are extremely loving and supportive about it. I would say I'm very blessed in that way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can relate to that because there's certain friends who even like probably friends from childhood, some of them, right? Um, both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like those people, when you go back, like I was just telling you that I went back to my parents and when I go back to Detroit and some people, some of my friends have moved back, they got married and moved back with their families and hanging out with them. It's such a different type of, I'm not comparing relationships, but I'm just saying that there's something about your childhood friends, people who knew you before the public persona came about Mm -hmm. that's very deep and and special yeah I yeah so yeah so I have um so I was just with like one of my best friends last night um she knows me like she was laughing because she was like you're just everyone excited (laughs) to see you but she also is the most supportive friend when it comes to this like she has surprised me at events and been there for me like helping me in some of the most stressful situations and just being like a hand to hold and she I could I know that she admires and loves and respects what I do but she also knows me so well um and then and then even my friends who I've met later on in life who I know that they admire what I'm doing and um they just they they shower me with love and like positive you know one of my closest friends that I met like a few years ago when I moved to my community is now like literally took on to be the makeup artist for my next for my next big show in LA she's like literally doing the entire team she's so talented and she's doing it like for no like no incentive just like just as like like a professional friend who cares and loves and just wants to be supportive like I just, I have a lot of, I have a lot of friends like that and I'm, I'm lucky. Right. hundred percent. Having a good yeah. group of friends is, is really, is, is, is a lot. It's, it's huge. It's everything. Yeah. Um, really yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Depends the family you choose and it really is. Yeah. hundred percent. Totally. What is something that people don't know about you that you, what, that you kind of wish they would? Wow. Um, I would say that it's very, it's a very hard question for a very hard question for me to answer. I'll tell you why. Um, I was saying earlier that I'm not someone who's like, so, um, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't say not to like telling about like what's going on in my personal life and feelings. Like I, music is a huge, huge, huge part of me. And that's what I give to the world on my platform. I give my music. Um, and I think I bear my soul when I give my music. Um, but that's what I'm giving. Does that make sense? Like I'm not necessarily giving 
bracha on the most personal level. So what is one thing that I would want people to know? I don't even know how to answer that. I'd want them to know that when I'm giving my music, I'm giving you like part of the rawest part of me. Like I, I can't, my experiences of creating music and making music with my producers and myself and my friends, it's, it's, um, it's soul bearing and, and putting that out to the world sometimes feels so exposing and I almost want to I was just saying this yesterday I need an invisible cloak sometimes <laughs> or I would love a different face for my voice so that right. <laughs> so that like I didn't have to like face the world sometimes when I bear my soul after you know yeah um, yeah that's what I would say right sense. I know it's, it's big I don't know it, I don't know. it does because it's very vulnerable it's almost like people are reading your jur- journal in a way. Yeah. Yeah. But the, you know, what's funny is that I'm not, I haven't released so many originals yet. Like I actually am working on that a lot now. And that's actually been a barrier that I'm trying to break, being able to release them, being able to put them out there. Um, um, but even when I'm singing and the lyric that I'm singing, even if it's I'm still covering a song, um, yeah, it's very vulnerable. Like my, my giving over my interpretation, my connection to the song, um, feels very, very, very vulnerable. Do you run these songs by other people to get like, to help you feel more confident about putting them out or have an amazing producer, um, who, um, who helps me like develop, you know, the art, the way I want to portray it, the way I want to give it over. Um, and then I'll always bounce things off of, I have two, like two sounding boards um, and they get like almost everything before, before I release it or throughout the process to help me make sure that like I am portraying myself in a way that I feel comfortable. That's great. Yeah, it is. It's very, it's very amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and how do you... <laughs> <laughs> How do your kids feel about your public persona? I think it's like bittersweet for them. They love it. They, I, I see like the, I see how much they admire it. And then they also hate it because I think that every child wants their mommy to be around always, never wants them to leave the house, wants to feel that when they leave to school, they they feel that their mommy's just waiting for them at home like they like and and i and i think that every child should feel that the whole that their that their the parents um world revolves around them which is true mm-hmm. it does revolve around them i would never do anything to jeopardize or hurt them in any way um but my kids know that there are many days that mommy won't be home when they come from school and there are many times I'm traveling and I'm not always waiting and it's hard for them. It's a struggle. I'm not going to lie. Um, it takes a lot of um, compensation after or before. Um, sometimes I feel like I need to like build their trust, you know. Um, but we talk about it a lot. We speak on the phone whenever I'm not home we video call we talk 
Um, I reassure, I leave notes, I send presents and packages. We do special outings. There are weeks in the year that I'd never work, that I don't answer my phone, that I shut off completely just to give them that, like what they deserve, what they deserve from their mother, you know? Yeah. So it's a balance, but I would definitely say it's bittersweet. I feel like this is like the most vulnerable I've ever been on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love, but that's what people should be hearing. They should be hearing this deeper part of you because we, you know, everyone struggles on some level. There's this guilt, right? Especially mom guilt, right? I'm not a mom yet, but like, but I see with my friends, I see people. There's always this, I feel like I'm a living bag of guilt. I totally always, by the way, literally always, but this is one thing that my producer always says that it's like your worst enemy. You can't let your life be driven by guilt. Right. Right. It's really, really like I, I, so I, I'm so I'm not, I am far from it, but I am working on shedding that layer of guilt and like accepting that this is who I am and accepting. And I've said this in posts and I've said this on lives and I've said this in interviews, but like really believing that my kids will see that their mother changed her dream and she accomplished it and I feel very strongly that when they're older they'll also chase their dreams and I want them to I don't want them to sacrifice their dreams for their children right I want them to chase their dreams and then also their children should know that they're their biggest priority and love you know never abandon never leave never not have a family because you're chasing your dream have the family chase your dream show that you can be what be there, um, pri- prioritize what's most important, but also um, live your life to its fullest, to what you feel is your, its fullest for you, you know? 100%. Yeah. And also at the end of the day, when you prioritize yourself, you really are prioritizing your children because when you're following your dreams, that makes you a happier and more fulfilled person. And you're able to be that wonderful mother because you're happy. Hundred percent. It is hard though at some points. Like I, I started to feel like, oh my gosh, when when I leave to do a show, I mean, I'm in this music bubble, and I'm totally like, I'm like this like this different person because I'm like I don't have my little kids with me, and like so I'm not. So and then I come home. It's like the 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 change in the situation is so drastic from being this like artist singer solo human that's like focused on production and music and then I come back to and I still am mommy but I'm like you know calling checking up making sure everyone's okay making sure dinner was prepared but I'm not actually cooking dinner coming back to like oh my gosh let's go grocery shopping let's cook dinner let's make sure the laundry's done homework is done it's like totally different roles and I'm like sometimes like the black and whiteness of it is like the opposite extreme of it is like okay like I feel like I can't believe that just I like I can't believe it's happened that happens but um it's it's harder sometimes and it's easier sometimes like it depends on the experience you know right right do you feel like people ever judge you or do they make comments about like taking away time from your kids or is it all internal someone um I think it's internal um, I just spent the morning with my daughter, like worrying about her. And like, she was like, and as I was talking about delegating and she was like, I prioritize my kids 100%. Like there is nothing more important in my life than my children. Nothing. Right. 
Like, right. That's it. Like I, so I think it's self-inflicted guilt. Um, that's why it's our worst enemy. And then do I think I once got a comment from someone that said to me recently, I got this comment, is it worth it? And I was like, I don't even understand that question. What do you mean? Is it worth it? Of course. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. Of course, everything in life is challenging and difficult. Right. Everything is going to be situa- situationally difficult for every person in a different way. Nothing, nothing is easy. Nothing in life, meaning you want to be great at something, you want to do something well, you are going to have to overcome your obstacles, you know, um, or work it into the way your life is structured. If you expect things to just come to you this way, it's never going to happen. No one's going to say, here you go. If you want something, you're going to have to work hard. And that's going to come with guilt and failures and, and, um, and changes in the plan. Many, many things are going to like evolve through that process of you getting to what you want to get to. Um, but if you want it, you're going to keep going. That's it. Yeah. Love that. Do you have any advice for, for anyone who's listening of how to kind of like, I'm not going to say get over it cause we're never going to fully get over. It. I don't think any guilt that we have or, um, or fears, but, but how to work, how to work against them. Um, I'm always, I'm always dealing with this. Like, I'm, I feel like this year has been like that has been the mantra of my life. <laughs> um, so how do you do it? So like, like what, what do you tell yourself? How do you, cause I, I love tangible advice. You know what I mean? Especially from someone who goes, who's going through it now. It's perfect. I tell, I tell myself, I, a lot of times I tell myself you're doing the best you can. Um, and sometimes you're not doing the best you can, but it's like the, best you can at that moment because I I don't know if that means like I a lot of times say this is like I didn't I'm doing the best like some of them like if one of my kids gets frustrated about something and I'll tell them I'm doing the best I can you know and I think it's important to note to note that like to a person like personally like not always are you going to achieve because because you're trying, um, but, and you might fail even when you're trying, but you're doing the best you can and it's okay. That's it. And I do that. I say that to myself a lot, almost daily. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. It's true. It's true. I think, I think that's, that's very helpful. But yeah, no, that's what they say. Like you, you know, that's the best thing to tell yourself that you're doing the best you can with the tools that you have. And it's also good to think about that when it comes to people in our lives, you know, when, if we could, if we're a little upset or whatever, um, to just remember that they're doing the best that they can, you know? Right. No, I, yeah. I, I've been telling that to myself a lot lately. Yeah. You just like, you just have to, especially when it's there moments around just like, there's more, um, happening that I feel like I can like chew. Um, and then I say, wow, you're so lucky. Like, I'm so lucky that there's more happening than I actually can chew. Like, wow. I'm really someone in this world really loves me. He's giving me more than I can actually chew. So now, Bracha, you just have to keep trying your hardest and take one step at a time and keep filming and you'll get there. I don't plan things out perfectly. I don't, meaning I never, I leave room for nature to take, take its course. I think that that was one of the biggest things that I've evolved into in the recent like year or two that like, I don't, I used to micromanage every detail. Um, and now I just like, I plan 
I have concepts, thoughts, a good team, a good network, and then I let nature take its course. And I find that the best things happen that way. Yeah, hundred percent. I love that. It's flow, right? Isn't that what they call it? Yeah, there's a saying in Hebrew, "lizom," to flow. Okay, Lizom. yeah. Everything's like a compliment to say "shadzoremet" that you flow. Um, so I, I think that that's very important. Yes, that's such a great point because these days we're so into like the hustle mentality and we have to plan everything, ABC, you know. People don't like me because of that. That's a hard thing with me. I have a hard time doing that. I'm not, I'm not ABC. I'm like, oh, we'll just go. <laughs> want to go there? Fine. What do you want to do there? I don't know. Let's just go. Figure it out. Figure it out. I'm very like that in every way possible in everything. And even with like time and sort of, I know that I have to get A, B, C, D, E, F, G done. They'll all happen. So one thing will lead into the next somehow. And it does. I'm like, and it usually works out. Although I do have a calendar and a schedule and appointments that I have to abide by, <laughs> which works against my nature, but I, I try very hard to do the best I can. Yes. No, and you're <laughs> doing really 20 minutes to this. It worked out. We're still here. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. If you had one message to give over to the next generation of women, what would that message be? You were created a certain way. Like we started off this way. So let's come back for a full circle. Okay. Perfect. God created you a certain way. He wants you to be that way. Like embrace it. Love yourself for who you are. And the world will see that like beauty and love. And you will find your place. Be you. Don't hide. Don't try to fit into a mold or square. You know, if you're a triangle, be a triangle. My friend Shane, he's like, (laughs) don't be square be triangle (laughs) be the person you are um because that's what the world needs we need you yeah Um, yeah love it Uh, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you listen to your music okay so i stream on all music platforms um bracha jaffe b-r-a-c-h-a-j-a-f-f-e um my instagram handle is bracha jaffe music um my tiktok is brachadef music i just started that TikTok? Like, <laughs> i have a 14 year old child who's like um mommy so i just i just recently I, have to, I don't have to figure out how it works it's a whole different world um and then i do have a website um and it's brachadef.com um it needs a little updating but it's there and it's pretty good um and then that's it. Most me, most of my stuff. Oh, YouTube, YouTube. You All right. Okay. I mean, like you know, um, social media platforms, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, music streaming platforms, a website. I'll link them in the show notes. I'm there. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Under my name, Bracha, B R A C H A Jaffe. Okay. Thank you so much for joining Thank me today, Bracha. You. Thank you. You're amazing. That's all for tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Carmela Cosmetics. That's Carmela with a K. And on our website, CarmelaCosmetics.com. If there's a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard, send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts. We want you to feel heard. 